Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and of course relationships. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So, do you have a fantasy career you would love to explore but something or someone is holding you back? Do you wish you could just let loose and follow your primal instincts instead of worrying about what the family will think? Well, on today's show, we're going to find out how you can unleash your wild side and live your best life without shame or guilt. We'll be talking with a sexy time author who navigates daily between two cultures that are worlds apart. On one hand, she respects her family's conservative Indian background, and on the other, she makes a living writing humorous and candid articles about sex and sexuality. This is going to be an interesting episode. It sure is. But before we get going, let's take a moment to feature our Throws of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket because no one wants to sleep in the wet spot. And you know, squirt is hot until it's not. If you're fed up with sleeping in the wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our Throws of Passion waterproof blanket. It's 100% waterproof. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets, even if you're a huge squirter like Carol is. Just throw it down and get it on. Throws of Passion will protect any play space from messy massage oils, silicone lube, or any other sexy wetness. It takes away the worry so you can have more fun. And the best thing is the easy cleanup. When you're done, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking brand new. Now available in two sizes, jumbo and midsize. You can order yours on Amazon today. Just search Throws of Passion. Great sex starts now. Alrighty, you can definitely get that on Amazon. So, this is the sexy lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're so excited to welcome today's guests. Author Rachel Kona has written a ton of articles for outlets such as Playboy, Penthouse, Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan, and Shape, just to name a few. And her willingness to engage in complete and utter nonsense, like rent a guy for a party or cast a sex spell, has led her to led her askew the traditional Indian doctor path and landed her a career as an accidental sex writer. So. You know, we met Rachel when she actually pitched a story to Shape magazine about period sex using our Throws of Passion waterproof blanket as the protection to the sheets and the bed. She wrote a fun, light, and easy-to-read review of our Throws of Passion blanket. And the more we got to know Rachel, the more we realized that everything about her is fun, light, easy, and sexy. And she has a great story, which we're going to get into very shortly. So Rachel, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend an hour with us. No problem. I'm excited to be here and um, discuss all kinds of fun stuff. Now, you've got to have this great story about how you landed your career as an accidental sex writer, so we'd love to hear more about that, how that all happened. Um, yeah, it was a total accident. So basically, um, my friends had always told me that I should be a writer. 
It's always told me I had like funny stories just in general. And so I started writing them down. And um, one day a friend, I was just kind of writing it myself. But one day a friend was like, hey, I'm taking um, a flight, you know, five hour flight. And I don't have anything to read. He's like, do you mind if I, I read some of your stuff? And I hadn't shared it with anyone. But I was like, okay, sure. And uh, he was reading it on the plane or on the way to the airport, I should say. And um, he called me and he's like, oh my God, this is like hilarious. And this guy is already really funny. Like he's, he's like Jack from Will and Grace. Like he's so funny. <laughs> so when he told me that, I was like, okay, well, everyone keeps saying it. Now this, this person is saying it. So uh, maybe I should start writing. And so I started writing and then I started pitching articles. I really just kind of wanted to be like a David Sedaris or a Chelsea Handler. I wasn't really <laughs> trying to be a sex expert at all and I don't really think I am I just sort sort of started writing things that I thought were funny and um sex kind of lends itself to, to funny stuff and humor because you don't really see like a ton of like funny articles in travel and leisure so where do you, you know, come up some publish that kind of stuff where do you so, come up with your ideas like you did you did the period sex piece on our blanket because it was obviously a need for you as you wrote in the article but where do you come up with like ideas um it could be anything sometimes um i'll just stumble upon something um on the internet or i will read something or someone will mention something and sometimes people do um, pitch me and um if it's an interesting pitch then i'll i'll look into it if it's something different that no one's heard about um, I will see if I can turn it into an article. Now, do you try everything that they're pitching you? So someone says, hey, I got a great article about, you know, being part of an orgy. Do you go and find an orgy and participate in it and then write about it? Um, generally not. It's usually like products that people will, will try to pitch. They're not really um, trying to pitch um, like a, their own personal story or anything because mm -hmm. your own personal story is something you kind of have to write about. Or sometimes people pitch like, um, someone pitched me like a uh, someone who makes porn or something like that to do a feature piece on her. But uh, generally, it's a product that I'll try out. Um, you know, like, you know, if it interests me and if it's, if it's different enough that it hasn't been covered already. Because editors are really picky and they see everything and like, so many things have already been written. So this, uh, you accidentally stumbled upon the fact that you're obviously a talented writer, never mind being talentedly funny, which also you're born with, I think, because I try to be funny sometimes. It just never happens. And I'm always funny. <laughs> so being talented. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just blow that off. I am a funny person. <laughs> okay, baby. We all love laughing at you. I know oh, it's true. I know so it's bad. true. So you, you are obviously a talented writer and you're a funny person. And these two things go great together when you're talking about sex because we love laughing at ourselves. I mean, human beings love to laugh at themselves and what a great way to bring sex into it because sex sells and we love laughing at ourselves I mean that's what we do on these shows too we talk about the crazy things that happen and how fun it is so what a great topic to pick do you only um, talk about sexuality and sex or write about I should say um, no I write about other topics um, I've written about things like um, moon circles which it's kind of something that's starting to take off with women. Um, I've written a few travel articles. I interviewed this uh, pro surfer and um, talked about his charity. Um, so I've done a, different, a few different things. Sometimes pop culture. I wrote something about like Kim Kardashian like a long time ago. So um, not always, but 
I try to write things that I think either are going to be interesting to women, um, are somehow related to sex, and that if I can make it funny if possible. Now, so I, those are usually my criteria. And I know from the few things that I read about you and what we talked about earlier is that you ran into a couple celebrities at some point. Can you share any of those stories with us? Sure. Um, I kind of believe, well, not kind of, I, I believe in the law of attraction. So part of me thinks like I attracted this. Um, but because I've run, I've met, um, I've met Gwen Stefani. Um, I've met and Pamela Anderson. Um, I've seen a bunch of other celebrities just in passing, like um, Justin Timberlake and Harrison Ford. I mean, I lived in LA, so it's not that unusual. But hanging out with Pamela Anderson, probably one of the crazier. Um, experiences that I had, uh-huh. I should say, just because it's like it wasn't like a bump in. It was I, I ended know. up hanging out with her and having drinks with her because it. Make a long story short, um, like a friend of a friend basically was friends with her boyfriend kind of situation. So um, it's because of that that we ended up having drinks with her, and um, it was just crazy because I always kind of thought she was entertaining and kind of kooky and funny, and so. Um, to spend a, a night drinking with this icon was was just wow. hilarious, and she even hugged me, and I was like, "Oh my god, wow. this is amazing!" Wow. And did you write <laughs> so, stories yeah. about that? Did you tell those stories? Um, I wrote a little essay about it. And I just put it on Medium because it's not really something that like a magazine would care about. Um, but I did, you know, I have a blog on Medium, and um, that's just where I put the stories that are kind of more what I want to write. I'm not like pitching a product necessarily. I'm not like, I'm just kind of writing funny day-to-day things that happen um, to me, whether it's about dating or meeting Pamela Anderson or, you know, a girl's trip or something like that. That's where I put all of those stories. Mm-hmm. And one of your personal stories uh, ended up with your, you explained how somehow your ex-boyfriend led you to the creation of your company called Crimson and Clover Studios. Yes, that is true. Um, it, that's actually kind of a, it's a funny story. It's a little bit kind of sex in the city for any fans out there. When Carrie got broken up via post-it note, um, that actually happened to me. Um, <laughs> I, my uh, ex and I, well, what, he used to leave me these sticky notes around the apartment, and they would be around his his apartment, and they'd be really cute and like, oh, I love you more than all the stars in the universe. And I started to sort of one up him and I decided that my notes would be a little bit more sassy and you know ridiculous and kind of R-rated so I started writing things like you know I love you more than a crack or loves crack or (laughs) I love you you know things like that or like thanks for having a big dick and I just thought those were funny and so I just started leaving those and so once he broke up with me. He actually broke up with me on his sticky note. He took all of my stuff and put uh, his sticky note on it uh, and left it in my apartment with the key. Yeah, he was not a cool move. Um, but it's, it's one of those things. It actually makes for a hilarious story now. Um, but at the time, obviously, I didn't think it was funny. But I had all these ideas for future notes. Stopped held in my phone. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do with all of these ideas that I have? Like, these are actually really funny. And then I thought, well, they'd make good greeting cards. So I just put some on Etsy. I, I think I made like 50 cards to start. And that's because I read somewhere you should at least have 50 things in your store. Mm-hmm. 
So I didn't know what I was doing. I was designing on Microsoft Word. I didn't even know what Illustrator or Photoshop was. Um, I didn't even know that you could. I thought I had to photograph each card. I didn't know I could just make a digital mock-up and like put it online. Like I just didn't know what I was doing. But they started selling, and um, once they started selling, I was like, oh, I guess I could maybe take this a little more seriously. And I kind of put more and more effort into it. And then I got a feature in Cosmo, which was kind of random and crazy. And then I um, got picked up by a store. And that's when I was like, okay, this could be a real thing. So I started putting all my energy towards that. And here I am, 200-something plus stores later. And worldwide. Wow, that's amazing. I went to your uh, website on the Crimson and Clover Studios, and I saw a whole bunch of your greeting cards, a whole bunch of funny things. I'm really bad at telling jokes, so I probably can't even repeat any of them. You want to give us some examples of those cards and what they said? Sure. Um, so Father's Day just passed, but I don't I don't actually write the holidays on my cards, so you can you know use them for any number of holidays. But um, our my best selling one this past Father's Day was I used to live in your balls. <laughs> and I and I had some twins actually um, reach out to me to customize it to say we uh-huh. instead of I. Okay. Um, so I thought that was cute, but um, I was surprised at how big of a seller that was because I wasn't sure how many people were gonna be okay giving that to their dad. But apparently, a lot of people. Um, so that's one of them that I have for Father's Day. I mean, I have tamer ones like you know a lot of people for their moms. I have one that says. I promise to always help you with the internet. Because, <laughs> you know, moms tend to not be good with the internet. Right. And um, then, like, for um, for Christmas, I have things like, it's beginning to look a lot like, fuck this. <laughs> um, let's party like it's my birthday, and I have a picture of Jesus. And then the love cards, um, you know, things like the crack for one. I want to grow old and miserable with you. Mm-hmm. And um, then I have tons of friendships ones. Like, I love friends. I love your resting bitch face. Um, I have breakup cards. Um, and, wet, and even the wedding cards so, that you have. You, I think I saw one. I need my yeah. bi- I need my bitch beside me at my, uh, will you be my bridesmaid or something oh, like yeah. that? <laughs> I'm getting that pissed good. and I need my bitch. That's right. There you um, go. So, yeah, I saw a lot of um, like bridesmaids and groomsmen cards. Mm-hmm. So like people who want to ask their bridesmaids or bestmen or groomsmen to be in the wedding party. They give them a card or a wine label, too. I started doing wine labels. So I saw a lot of those as well. Um, Yeah, it's funny. You don't really see a lot of those cards in stores. Hopefully that'll change. But online, there's a huge market for For price cards. I saw a ton of those. So you're obviously very funny. You obviously have a natural gift with the uh, with words and um, and how you use them. But I know your background is a little bit different from this open view that you have today. Uh, you want to just fill us in a little bit about where you come from? Sure. Um, so I'm from New Jersey. Um, I have I come from an Indian family, Indian background. Um, so my parents, you know, lived in India and came to this country uh, as adults when they got married. And, um, you know, as far as South Asians go, you know, they weren't the most conservative. I mean, there are Indian people that are, like, super, 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 super conservative. conservative. And so my parents aren't like that, but they're, they're probably more in the middle range. But for me, compared to everybody else that I was going to school with and general American culture, they were way too conservative, which meant 
Um, you're not supposed to have sex until you get married. You're not even supposed to date anyone because boys, oh my God, like that's bad. But you should still somehow like meet a guy immediately when you get to college, even though we've told you not to date and we've kind of <laughs> socially stunted you in that regard. But just go figure it out when you're older. Like it kind of didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, sex is taboo. I mean, in Bollywood movies, things have changed. But back, you know, when I was growing up, it, you know, and for most of Bollywood, it's a lot of singing and dancing and, like, maybe some gyrating, but there's no kissing, there's right. no sex scenes. Um, so it's just very, it's very taboo. And it still is, I think, for a lot of South Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really, like, talk about it, especially women, like mm-hmm. female South Asians. I think it's a little... Um, so conservative, I and mean, that's changing, thankfully. But um, yeah, it's still part of it's still part of the culture. Well, so, considering sure. that so, the, considering the Kama Sutra comes from that part of the world, it's kind of uh, ironic that yeah. sex is so taboo now today in the culture. So I guess it's kind of historically hasn't been kind of like the Romans back in the day when everyone was doing orgies and having sex all over the place. I guess it was uh, the times have changed. So Rachel, how did you break free? I moved away from home, basically. <laughs> good start. I, uh, cause, yeah, I mean, I, once I left home and I went to college, I was able to kind of do my own thing because, you know, my parents weren't around. They tried to exert some control, but that obviously became harder and harder as I became an adult. Um, so I just started doing my own thing. And, you know, like I said, like, it's almost like the universe is pushing me in this direction because... When I first started writing, I really was just writing silly stories. It was not necessarily sex-related. There was just some in there that happened to be, but not specifically. I wasn't trying to write that. So, But it was just like whenever I would try to pick something, it's like editors always would always gravitate towards something that I would write about that would be sexual-related. Um, and Not always, but a lot of the time. So that's kind of where I made a lot of inroads. So it just kind of happened. And so I didn't have a moment where I was like, screw my parents. It just was kind of a slow thing where I put one foot in front of the other. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to not write this thing because they feel that way. I'm just going to hope that they don't ever read Read it or Google me. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's all. It's like, just don't ask, don't tell. So I think at this point they, they know, but they don't really, they don't ask any questions. Right. They don't ask anything. I mean, I've had a couple of family members try to, like, quote-unquote, out me, which I thought was really messed up. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, well, I mean, this is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. Well, we kind of, when we came out and told our family, uh, I guess it's six or seven years ago that now, we were that swingers. we were swingers, uh, it was a big, ooh, my goodness, and the shame at the beginning. But, like, nobody even talks about it now. Nobody even asks questions or... You know, it's just, it's a passe thing now. So yeah, we, we don't haven't, have... We haven't lost any friends. No. We have some friends who live vicariously through <laughs> us. But we said, like, you know, once we've told you, we can't untell you. Right. So deal with it. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, we don't push it on anybody else. It's not like we're out there, rah, 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 this is the best thing. If it's good for you, that's fine. If you have questions about it, that's great. Ask them. But if you don't, we're not out there promoting it. We we live a private life in our world of sexuality. Of course, we have a different community. But uh, in the vanilla world, you know, we're not out there pushing, swinging, like, hey, that's the 
only way to be. Yeah, the but, only thing we promote is everybody should live their life happy, right. healthy, and horny. Right, mm-hmm. and and authentic to to themselves, yeah. and not and, and worry about right, not worry about the shame and guilt. Now, I just want to go back to your conservative family. Now that they know, and whether they ask you or not, like our family doesn't ask us anything, but whether they ask you or not, they know you writing about these articles. Do you still feel a little bit of shame and guilt in the back of your mind, or are you over that now? That's a good question, actually, because um, for a long time, there was still a little bit of like, oh, like, what if they read it? Or what if someone find out? And like, sometimes I've go- gone back and read my old stuff and I'm like, oh my God, like, I put that out there for people <laughs> to read? Like, what was I thinking? Like, oh my God, maybe that's too private. Maybe I shouldn't have written that. But at the time when I was writing it, I just thought it was funny. Like, I'm always motivated by things that I think are funny. And I really relate to like Chelsea Handler. She wrote that book, My Horizontal Life, which is all her one night stands. All right. And I read it. I didn't. I didn't think like it, it made me think less of like, ooh, that's sexy, and more like, I just think this is really funny. Uh-huh. And everybody has sex. A lot of people have one night stands, and like, it's just funny to me. So and like Girl Trip and like the Amy Schumer's and Ali Wong's right. of the world that just makes sex just seem more fun mm-hmm. and not so like like a serious like seductive thing. So. um you know, once I started being like, you know what, this is really about the humor for me. And I also started seeing women, um, whether people commenting online or my friends, like they felt comfortable coming to me and talking about this stuff. And they're like, well, I couldn't tell anybody else because they either judge me or people are weird about talking about sex. So uh, once I saw people coming to me, I was like, you know what, I, I think I'm actually doing something in my own little way by being open about this in my own way in the way that's comfortable for me and I think um I think that's huge so that that shifted for me and then the other thing that just shifted was this you know once you get older you don't see your parents as like gods anymore you mm-hmm. start to see them as like normal people right. and I just and my family members and I start to see like these people are pretty flawed as well they're not perfect so I don't really need to accept their judgment because they don't have their shit together either yeah, and you know, Rachel, I mean, outwardly they do, right? And but Rachel, not inwardly. Just before we go to break, you brought up a fantastic point, and we talk about it all the time. And I think you do a service to everybody out there, like our show does, which is bringing information to people who don't know what they don't know, and. That is good for society. People don't talk about sex and sexuality enough. And for people who have, I'll say, the balls to go out there and buck those social trends about what you're perceived to supposed to do and instead do the right thing because we believe everybody should be talking about sex, whether it be to their children, to their parents, to whoever, um, we will have a better world and a better society because of people like yourselves and ourselves who actually can sit down and talk about it the way it is. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think so. I think it's important to just talk about it, even if you, sometimes I'm like, am I doing anything? But then I realize, like, yeah, it's every little bit makes a difference. So. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking with the accidental sex writer, Rachel Kona, all about the complexities of having a conservative family, conservative upbringing, and yet is now a widely respected author and speaker about sex and sexuality. When we come back, we're going to find out more about some of her personal details that drive Rachel to live her best life without shame or guilt. So once again, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're going to be right back. 
So let's invite everyone to join us at Hedonism 2, that clothing optional resort in Jamaica, for the inaugural Hedo event called Miss Nude Showgirls and Pole Dance Stars. It's August 18 to 25, and we're going to be there. We're going to be there with all of our sexy, fun costume parties all week long. And they're, and they're going to be hosted by the International Miss Nude semifinalists who will then compete for the grand title by performing in the Exotic Nude Talent Show, August 24th. Come and root for your favorite girl and bring your own exotic costumes and join the party. That's Hedonism 2 Resorts in Jamaica. Head to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, for more information about this and other events. Absolutely. We're going to be there and wait till you see my pole dance <laughs> performance. It uh, is going to be spectacular. Have we you ever said, seen, wait, wait. We said, we said root for the girls, honey. Have you ever seen a guy, a naked guy pole dance? Well, we have. We've a couple it does, times. It doesn't right? work. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> Got to be very careful. Oh, yeah. Could, <laughs> with not enough lube, it's just... Uh. Anyways. Back to our show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we are talking with Sexy Time writer Rachel Kona about getting into a career that centers around sex and sexuality. Um, she writes about sex and speaks about sex tips and dating tips. And, you know, with all the research and experience you have in your life, let's take a little bit of time to get in some, into some hot topics like my favorite. I know. Your your favorite is threesomes. Let's start with that. Rachel, why do you think people fantasize so much about threesomes, whether it's a male, female, male, or, you know, with two females or two males, you know, either way? Why do you think that? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, it's, I think sometimes it's hard to really figure out somebody's fantasy because it could be, I mean, it's whatever. Everyone is so different that, you know, fantasies are so unique to each person. Um, I mean, I, I also just think people like sex, so the more the merrier. <laughs> I like what that. I think. Yeah, I think that's what the approach is when people are seeing threesomes or orgies or anything like that. It's not something I've really thought too much about my for myself. I In my head, I'm like, well, I guess maybe if it were two guys, it would be cool. I'm not really into having another girl there just because I would want to be the center of attention and so that, that wouldn't work for me oh, you, and, you and carol will get along so well she's all about being the queen bee two guys three guys five guys bring them all on we say foursomes and morsomes are our favorite but yeah i love being the queen bee but i was thinking about lots of um, comedy that happens around threesomes because it is awkward for somebody especially a couple doing it for the first time and how do you get that third person like that third wheel into you into your scenario unless you're experienced swingers like we are but the comedy around it like we've seen two and a half men with a threesome uh scene i don't know if you have but i i like i was pissing my pants laughing so hard so i was just thinking about you and your articles and how fun that is to make fun of that because we fantasize about it but but in reality, most of the time, it's better to stay in your fantasy because sometimes those kind of situations are not easy to, you know, coordinate or whatever. And I was just thinking how funny that could be. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've heard from, um, you know, the, the few friends or ex-boyfriends I've had that have done it, that it's, sometimes it does get a little messy, especially with a three, mm -hmm. like the even number might be better. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, it's just never happen and the other thing is is like i think a lot of guys would still be uncomfortable with another guy there so oh, I think yeah. that's like another yeah. issue, that's a, not that's a whole, everybody. It but. is a whole nother realm when it's two guys. I think it's something you kind of got to do if you're very, very super comfortable with yourself. And why, it, wait, 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 wait. Right. Why is that? Why is it that <laughs> it's a double guys, standard? Guys for sure. are not comfortable with another guy, but they're so comfortable 
turned on when two girls are together. Well, I think that's because of the history of homophobia, which I feel is being, you know, dispersed a lot today. We talk a lot more about all the different types of sexuality. But in our world, when we talk about two guys getting too close together, we talk about swords crossing. And that's just kind of a fun thing. Some guys are totally against that. They don't want to have their cock anywhere near the other guy and would so go out of their way to be separated by the women in between. So we, we just laugh about it because, you know, we're okay. We're okay with all of that. We've it's been... just not equality because, <laughs> you know, you look at two girls together, it really doesn't turn you on. But, you know, two guys in a threesome is a big turn on uh-huh. for you. For me, it doesn't bother me having another guy there. We've crossed swords. We've done it all. But having two women there... Um, it's, 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 it's more it's for good. you, right? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of like having real porn in front of you and it's happening in porn. front of you, yes. live porn right in front of you. So uh, my next question to you on the hot topic, which I think is fun to write about, would be pornography and how pornography is like not real sex. It's not real world sex. It's, it's entertainment. Kind of, it's entertainment, but that's also fun to write about because there's so many situations in pornography that are just so not real that I, like, I laugh when I watch porn. Right. I actually have written about pornography. Um, I've written, um, well, it was actually a while ago. I had an ex-boyfriend that was addicted to porn, and it, I, it, porn is not something I ever really thought about. I, I just was like, yeah, it's there, whatever. Like, but um, so I had this ex who was uh, addicted to it, and because he was addicted to it, um, he had erectile dysfunction. Ooh, and so, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize there was a connection until I was trying to get to the root cause of why he had the erectile dysfunction and then I started to put it together I was like wait a minute he's like you know masturbating every day mm-hmm. and then I started googling stuff and researching and I was like oh my god mm-hmm. and it's just it's not really the masturbation it's the combined with the um the visual stimulation, the visual stimulation online, yeah. mm-hmm. the visual stimulation and then I was just like oh god oh boy this is bad so I, after we broke up, and that was one, part of one of the reasons we broke up. Is but because did, did you guys have really... did you guys have good sex or great sex, even though he masturbated so much and he needed porn to be stimulated uh, and aroused? It was okay, to hmm. be honest. Like when I, the thing is, like at that point, like oh, I love him, but like in retrospect, like well, I still care about him as a person. But mm-hmm. I mean, no, the sex wasn't good. But I kept thinking I can like. Like so many women, I was like, "Oh, I can, I can just like help him. We can just work on this, mm. and it'll be fine." But like, it wasn't something he was willing to give up mm, um, exactly. permanently, mm-hmm. and I wasn't willing to give up a good sex life. So we kind of like we're at a crossroads um, because you know, and then he would want to like reenact the stuff that he saw. Mm-hmm. Like he was definitely confusing the fact that what reality was and yeah, what right. fantasy right, was. Right. Mm-hmm. And it would be like if I expected him to act like we were in a romantic comedy all the time. Like, <laughs> or that fa- would be nuts. Or, but, fast, you know. or fast and the Furious, right? <laughs> Well, that's kind of sad. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of sad. It kind it, of put a, a damper on on porn for you because you went through that. But did you did he need to have yeah. porn on while you guys were fucking? Um, no, he didn't need that. But he just he had his alone time with it uh, every day, yeah. and so that just is what made it um, difficult for him to to get it up mm-hmm. honestly and mm-hmm. so uh so when i wrote the article i interviewed um this researcher her name's gail beans and um she is like the researcher when it comes to porn and she wrote this book and we talked about all kinds of stuff with all the behind the scenes stuff the mental issues that it can take and someone's addicted and the performers it's kind of like when you discover any 
where your clothes, how they're really being made or how meat is really being farmed or how whatever the industry is. Yeah. Once I started to delve into it, I was like, okay, I think I'm done. Yeah. And yeah. I actually interviewed a guy <laughs> yeah. who uh, was an Esquire and he was in Time Magazine because he also had erectile dysfunction and now he's he, from porn addiction and he uh-huh. talks about it and he speaks around the country. So yeah, there's the combination of those three things. I was like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Good. Well, we interviewed Dr. Yeah. Doug Weiss and his specialty is exactly that where he helps people who are addicted to, to porn and that's his main uh, business. So that's what he does. He helps them get over it um, because it does cause a lot of frustration in a family or in a relationship uh, when you are so used to having that visual stimulation that nothing else can get you off properly in your own mind and tell you turn right. on that TV. So yeah, that's unfortunate. But yeah, no, it's, it's okay because that's part of um, the the, the uh, sexual reality of where we live today, pornography is there no matter what. And, you know, we spend a lot of time at Hedonism 2 in Jamaica. And it's a clothing optional resort. And there's a lot of swingers that go there. But there's a lot of couples that go there as well who want to spice up their sex life. And there's a huge playroom. It's gorgeous. It's under the stars, under the moon. There's a waterfall there and everything. And when you go into the playroom and um, and you're not a swinger, you're just fucking your own partner there. But having other people around you having sex at the same time you're having sex is like having live porn. And Carol and I use those experiences in the playroom to fantasize about. And uh, even though I watch porn every once in a while, Carol's not into it. It's so much hotter when we talk about what we've experienced together. So I invite anybody out there to go to any of the lifestyle resorts or cruises or all the different activities that are out there, not to become a swinger, but to do stuff that can allow you to push your boundaries or fulfill your fantasies with your partner. And then you make your own real life um pornographic experiences right because then you can just replay it in your head and it's right re- and, it's and you real- were there yeah and it's real sex which like i said real world sex is so different from porn sex and that's why i say i laugh at when i watch porn because I, you know we have experienced so much but the next hot topic that we want to get into is jealousy and that's always a topic that we get asked about in our swinger lifestyle but for you and your writing and all the experience and research that you've done what happens when your partner looks at another woman if you're walking down the beach or if your partner looks at or talks about a fantasy that she might he might have with one of your girlfriends or something? How do you react to that? Um, well, one thing first, I just want to briefly say this about porn. Cause I wrote another article for Allure about audio porn. And so if anyone's interested in that, I'd encourage people to uh, go to tryquin.com and trying to promote this girl's uh uh, website, I guess. Yeah, it's a website. It's on that. But it's audio porn, so you can listen to sound, mm. and, and you don't have to watch things. So that's another way to get off if, if you don't want to watch porn. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it's great. It's, it's worked for me, so um, just encourage everyone to do that if they're into it. Um, but back to jealousy, um, you know what? I am very fortunate in the fact that I've not really had many issues with that. Thank goodness. Um, and maybe it's because of my own, you know, mental ideas of relationships and everyone brings different things into it. But I kind of just always think, well, if the guy's dating me, like, why would he want anybody else? Mm -hmm. And I'm not meaning that to say egotistical or unrealistic because I know people have eyes and they look. I just don't, it's not something I fixate on. Like, if he looks at someone else, as long as he's not doing it 
in front of me and being super obvious and like ogling someone in front of me. I mean, that's fine. But I, I've never had a partner or anybody like just check someone out in front of me and just be obvious about it. That so, that would be super annoying. Um, the most I can say for jealousy is that I had an, an ex that um, was liking pictures um, on Instagram of like booty models and stuff like that. And that really annoyed me because I was like, well, everyone can see what you're doing. And it just kind of, that kind of annoyed me. Um, especially because our relationship wasn't on steady ground. So that just kind of made it worse. And maybe if we were rock solid, it wouldn't have bugged me as much. But I was just like, can't you just look? You have to like, like it. Because I also get, you know, lots of married men that are sending me DMs on Instagram or men with, or have girlfriends or engaged. And I'm like, is that what you're doing on Instagram? Because it's very common these days. For, for people to do that. So, um, yeah, I think social media can be can be all, more of an issue these days than actually so real it, life. So it sounds to me that when you're secure with yourself and in a relationship, like you said, it is much matter. more secure, it yeah. doesn't bother you as much. But when you're in a little bit insecure with the relationship, perhaps, like you said, it's not on stable ground, then it does bother you. So my question here is, did you get a chance to talk to that guy and say, you know, it, that bothers me when you do that? Would you mind not doing that? I did. Uh, I told him I didn't like it. And... Um, would he stop doing it? And he actually agreed pretty easily. He's like, yeah, you're right. He's like, I don't know. He's like, I'm just being a guy. Yeah, <laughs> that was really yeah. cute. He was like, I'm just being visual. And, <laughs> there you uh, yeah, go. I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, then fine. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's a that's a good enough reaction that and especially if he did stop after that. So you had a chance to explain yourself and, and he agreed. So that was kind of cool. Um, one of the other hot topics out there right now is all about millennials and do they have more sex? Do they have less sex? I keep reading all these different articles. Some say that millennials are waiting till they're older and others saying no, they're having just as much sex as everybody else. But what do you see as you know, you're in that generation? What do you see as the young people that are coming up into their, you know, prime where they are definitely getting into sexuality. Uh, do you see something different from what you did before? Are you seeing the changes in sexual openness with the younger generation? Um, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I've heard of those studies and I'm like, I feel like, I mean, people are more involved than they were the generation before, I think, to me. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of like, who are these people that are not having sex? I mean, I don't know them. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't really know. I, I, don't, I don't know, know them. They're all are. having sex. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Everyone seems to be having it. I mean, people have different parameters of when they want to have it. Some people only want to be in a relationship. Um, some of my friends are fine doing it as they feel the need to. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not really sure who they're talking about. I mean, I do feel like the only thing is I still notice that a lot of people want to be in a relationship or heading, not maybe not in an official one, but kind of heading towards that. Like I still see a lot of my girlfriends not wanting to necessarily sleep with a guy right away. They want to like give it a month or two, see where it goes before they decide to sleep with a guy and make sure the guy likes them. Quote unquote. Um, so I don't know. I guess if people aren't dating as much, then maybe they would be having less sex. But I don't know. It doesn't really seem 
doesn't seem like they're they're not to me. Right. Me neither. I mean, I know it's only our, our kids generation are the millennials and it's not what we're seeing. But, you know, I'm not going to dispute. But we, the, we the have studies. two 20 year olds and they're in no rush to have sex. Right. You're right. They're not. Mm-hmm. And they're in a very social environment and they're I uh, have they're lots hap- of friends yeah. and they're happy doing what mm-hmm. they're doing. But I mean, you had sex when you were, what, 15? Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. I had sex the first time with you when I was like 50. <laughs> well, at least it seemed that way because the sex was so good. We were in like our 40s, honey. We got exactly. married at 50. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, Rachel, I'm going to ask you a question which um, is right up your alley, which is all about sexual misinformation in the media. Do you think there's a higher percentage of fake news out there, or using Mr. Trump's words, or do you think a lot of the stuff is credible and people should believe in it? should believe stuff that comes from a reputable source and not just believe what their girlfriend told them or their boyfriend or what they heard wherever at school or at work. I think they should listen to the, their doctor and, you know, stuff that's scientific. Like, uh, there was an article in the New York Times that was written by a gynecologist and it was thinking, like, 10 things that you shouldn't put in your vagina or something like that like that and you know i'm going like who's putting this stuff in there like what what are they (laughs) talking about and and so i'm like okay you must have you know heard this from i don't know i don't know like your friends or the internet or a blog but like that's just crazy to me like i don't do that or gwyneth paltrow because she's always like advocating something weird Mm. i'm just like no there's certain things like you're gonna mess stuff up down there don't do that it has a pH balance. It's a sensitive area. Like, why are you doing any of that? Yeah, we, 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 were, ta- we were talking to a sexologist, um, a gynecologist as well. And we had uh, some of our shows, we do myth busting. And we said, so what are the best foods to put in your pussy? And the answer was absolutely none. none. <laughs> yeah, none. Do not do that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, there are some exactly. funny things out there. Yeah, exactly. I don't partake in any of that. So I just yeah, I just think that's weird. I, I did a I did a steaming once because um, it was one of those experiment articles where I was like, okay, let's see what this vaginal steam thing is all about that they keep talking about. And I did it, and I kind of made a joke out of it because it was so ridiculous. Um, now, but that's that's about as far as I go. Now I know you wrote an article about um, you tried sex dust. What what's that all about? Um, oh yeah, so that was actually that was another when uh, it's Paltrow. Uh, recommendations mm-hmm. and all, another thing that I think is really dumb that you shouldn't use. Um, <laughs> so basically, like uh, this company uh, that sells it is selling it for something like I don't know fifty or sixty bucks, something like that, and it's supposed to be a libido enhancer. And it's like a powder, and you put it in tea or water, where whatever you want to put it in, um, and you drink it. And it first of all, it tastes disgusting. It tastes like dirt, um, and it didn't really do anything. I mean, I I think that there's like a little bit of caffeine in there. So I think basically it's like making people a little bit more amped up from the caffeine. And then they're kind of trying to say that's a libido boost. But I'm like, mm. it's not. Mm. It's just caffeine. And like, you know, if you need a libido boost, I think you should maybe talk, talk to a therapist or talk to a doctor and see if there's any chemical issues. Absolutely. But I don't think putting dirt flavored powder <laughs> in your drink. Yeah. It, like, it did nothing for me. I was like, this is dumb and huh. a waste of money. Um, but it makes for a funny article. So. There you go. 
Absolutely. So you never just never know what you find out there on the media. So as long as the things that are from a reputable source, like you said, then, you know, go ahead and try it. And certainly if it's not going to hurt you, you can try it. But otherwise, um, you know, don't just listen to what your girlfriend said. I think that's great advice. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Let's remind everyone that we don't have to remind them. They know we're Carol and David. And we're chatting with Rachel Kona, the accidental sex writer. And we're talking about pushing boundaries. We spoke about pornography, having threesomes. And when we come back, we're going to get into our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. This segment of The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David is sponsored by the SDC Croatian Cruise. Get ready to experience SDC's famous foam parties, deck parties, and erotic live shows and a whole bunch of sexy couples that SDC has to offer. Departing from Venice, Italy, August 29, 2020, for seven sensual nights and eight glorious days of visiting some of the most historic cities in Europe, throughout Croatia, and the Eastern Mediterranean. Come party with us on a ship full of open-minded sexy couples and find Find yourself swept up into a dream world of such incredible beauty and sensuality that'll take your breath away. For more information about this trip or any other events, visit the sexylifestyle.com travel and events page. Yeah, go there and find out and come travel with us. We are going to Hito, then we're going to Croatia. We have so many great trips, especially when it's winter. All right, and let's remind everyone to go to thesexylifestyle.com for real credible information covering all topics related to sex, sexuality, and relationships. On we go. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're having an amazing discussion with Rachel Kona. Now for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. And we know that Rachel loves talking about sex. And Sounds she, like she also likes having sex. <laughs> she makes a living writing <laughs> about sex. So we're going to get a little personal with Rachel and ask her some questions about her sex life and her own sexual experience. So let's start off by talking about self pleasure. I know that probably in your sexually repressed cultural background home where you grew up, that the attitude towards sex is very strict. But what about self-pleasuring? Oh, yeah. That's, well, that's just never talked about. It's <laughs> just like, I mean, it's, they can barely talk about sex with two people. So they're definitely not talking about self-pleasure at all whatsoever. I mean, and I'll share this story. And I I actually gave, so I had a, I'm trying to maintain her and not an, anonymity. <laughs> um, there was someone that I knew that was, or is Indian as well. And someone that I'd known for a long time, and we were very close, and she had told me that she had never had an orgasm, and she is married. And I was shocked, because she'd been married for a while, and so I was like, how is that possible? And so I sent her a vibrator as a gift, and I also just thought, that will be funny. But I also was like, this will be useful for you. Since you haven't had one, like, duh, here you go. So I was like, well, maybe she doesn't know because she's not touched with her sexuality. And she's never really tried it down there. And she doesn't know what to tell her husband. So I was like, this will help. Well, it sat in the box for years. And she never used it. And she ended up giving it to somebody else. Mm. And I was like, I cannot believe you. So to me, that definitely signifies that it's just still a major hang-up. Um, with masturbation in the South Asian community. Um, so, I mean, it was a free vibrator. I mean, 
like, I don't understand. Right. So, yeah. They don't talk about and it. when you were growing up in your house, did you have a little corner or the shower that you snuck away to get off? And no, because I didn't really, I wasn't really, like, aware of what it was when I was growing up. So it never really, um, it didn't really occur to me to do anything like that. I think for boys, it's easier because. Shower. Well, and it's know, right they, there in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, their penis is right there. Right. I think for a girl, you don't necessarily know that there's anything happening down there. No, exactly. So Unless somebody really... told you or said, hey, you should like experiment down there. I was the same. I, I didn't use vibrators until I was in my 40s. And I didn't even know what masturbation was when I was younger. I had no idea that you can do that. Yeah, it was once I left home and I was like, oh, okay. So, so this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you. I just want to get back to this person that you've known for a long time, who obviously didn't use your mass, your vibrator, but also wasn't having an orgasm with her husband. Do you think she ever learned? I don't know how many years ago that might be, but do you think this person is still going around that she's never had an orgasm today? I'm pretty sure she still probably hasn't had one. Wow. I mean, wow. if she's if she didn't even bother to to use it. I can't imagine that. Mm. Yeah, I just can't imagine that she she has. Wow. So that's kind of sad, right? It's kind of sad, yeah. yeah. But it's also her own decision to mm-hmm. not really resolve whatever mm-hmm. issues she has around sexuality, whether it's cultural or there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. that's really on her to yeah, yeah figure yeah. out for sure. So. It's still it's still sad when I hear that there are people out there who don't know how to orgasm. But you're right; it's up to her to make it happen. And um, you did your part, so yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Good on you. Now, what is your yeah, opinion about you. having sex on a first date? I think it's fine. And actually, um, Chrissy Teigen recently came out and said that she did with um, John Legend. Now they're married. They have two mm-hmm. kids. I think it's great that she said it out loud because cool. I think for women in particular, um, you get shamed into thinking like, you know, oh, you've got to wait a certain amount of dates. There's that stupid book. I mean, maybe some people like it, but you know, all those books like the rules and then there was that Steve Harvey book, like act like a lady, right. whatever, think women, something like that. So these archaic rules that, and then maybe they've worked before. I don't know, but. Um, you know, when someone of her, like her comes out and it's like, yeah, this guy didn't fall down. Nothing happened. He wasn't like, you're a big whore. Like, I'm not going to date you now because we slept together. Like, it's fine. If you're feeling it, then just do it. I mean, I have another good friend that she, um, asked her now husband, like the first time they met, like she just point blank said, do you want to, do you want to do it? And he was like, okay. And they've been together for a very long time now. So the idea that you need to wait is silly. If you want to wait because you feel like waiting, that's different. But if you're waiting because you feel like there's like rules that you have to follow, I just think that's so ridiculous in 2019. Yeah. I just, it doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. And, and if you're single, I mean, I, we agree with you, you know, sex is sex. And if you have the need, you go out and you find someone. So what do you, what's your take on booty calls? Is it okay to walk into a bar, meet someone, meet a guy and say, yeah, don't talk to me. Do you just want to get naked and fuck? I, I think absolutely. If that's, <laughs> I love that. If you're feeling that, and the, I mean, as long as you just have to, I think with uh, if you're a woman, you know, there's always a safety issue. So I think that's important too. Right. No, no, no. I'm talking about the woman so, yeah. telling it to the guy. <laughs> like no. I want to go into a bar. Carol come up to me and said, 
don't talk to me. Don't tell me your name. Just come upstairs, get naked. I want to fuck you. And we're done. No, but she did say to make sure the guy was going to be a safe, like a safe bet, right? Well, you still have yeah. safety issues. Yeah, yeah. safety issues. That's what, that's what she was saying. So. All right. So you can bring your handcuffs and <laughs> <laughs> tie the guy up. Make yeah. sure you can get out safely. <laughs> Just ride his cock. Get him off. Get yourself off and you're out of there. Leave the keys. Uh, but these days with yeah. Tinder and everything else, there's so many ways of doing a booty call. Whether you ever call them again or see them again, it's kind of, it's fun. It's a little bit exciting, too, that you have that anonymous way of just... You know, getting off with somebody and and then heading home again and not even worrying about what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a bar thing where we're gonna pretend we don't know each other (laughs) and I'm gonna pick you up or you'll pick me up. You could pick me up because you know we'll do it that way and maybe we'll pick up another guy and have a nice little threesome. But we haven't done that in a while. Okay, sure, baby, no problem. Now, what (laughs) what about when the movie series Fifty Shades of Grey came out and everybody was curious about what is kink and what is BDSM and and what's happening with those Benoit balls and, you know, the Red Room and all of that stuff. What is your take on that kind of lifestyle? Um, That's not something I ever gravitated towards necessarily, although I think if people like that, that's fine. Like the whole ball thing, I didn't really, that's not really for me. Um, you know, I, I, I'd say more like on the tamer end of it, like handcuffs or something like that, uh-huh. rather than like whips, for example. So, right. um, yeah, I think I'm more on the tamer end. The book itself, I tried to read it. I, I went because the, the book was a sensation first yeah. when the movie came out. Yeah. Um, and I honestly thought it was kind of like, I don't know, I thought it was kind of corny. I was just like, and I felt like. And then it got the label mommy porn, which I don't like that label because I just feel like women have been so repressed as far as sexuality. So, okay, fine. If a lot of like middle-aged women like this, then so be it. Like at least they're discovering something Mm -hmm. and there's no daddy porn, you know, there's no equivalent for men. So I'm just kind of like, I don't like that term, but at the same time, I will say that I feel like that was a lot of the, those are a lot of the people that liked it and, and people that maybe, at least for me and my experience, I don't want to judge everybody, but right. when I, you know, I felt like the people that gravitated towards it were people that weren't really having good sex to begin with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to me personally. So like my friends that loved it, I was like, is this so much of a fantasy? They weren't, really <laughs> doing, they weren't really having any fun in their real life. So they were like fascinated by the book, but I was like, well, I know I'm kind of having sex that I enjoy on a regular basis. So kind of not that into this book. Yeah. One, one so, the- um, One of the things we noticed, and we live in the alternative lifestyle, and we have a lot of friends in the King BDSM world, and whether it represented reality of that alternative lifestyle or not um, is not relevant here. The one thing that it has done is it got people talking about different things in general different things they can do rather than being in their bed in the missionary position and doing it the same way again and again and again and getting rid of that um old stale boring sex and whether people got into it or not we hope and we, we 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 talk about it that people at least opened up a discussion about would you could you should you or did you like it didn't you like it so just having that thing to talk about at the water station at work was just good enough to bring sex into the conversation right. which is norm- normalizing a sexual conversation is kind of what our goal is with our show and with what we do in our work so that I, that's the thing that we thought was successful with that series and you're right it was completely corny uh, we laughed again we laughed at it These come are, on the Benoit Ball scene got your pussy dripping you're absolutely it was right. so hot you're absolutely right because we have done similar things 
things like that. So I kind of felt the situation. However, it's for everybody to have their own opinion. But I thought that was just, um, yeah, it's good that we could actually talk about it. Like even we're talking about it now that it got me hot. Some people it did. Some people it didn't. So speaking about hot sex, Rachel, we're going to put you on the spot. And we would like to know what's the hottest sexual experience you've had. Hmm, okay. Let's see. Let me think about this. Okay. No, actually, yeah, no, I think I know. Um, there's been a few, but I think I was on a road trip with someone that I was dating at the time. And there's some, well, I love road trips. And so there's something about, you're on the road, you're not worried about work, you're not, like, you're not worried about your normal day-to-day sort of cares. Um, and it's not a regular vacation. Like, for me, there's something very romantic and, like, and I mean romantic in the general sense as well, like, about the, like, great American road trip. And we were in the Southwest, and it was, like, all the colors. And it was, like, because you could just, like, pull over and just kind of do it whenever you wanted to. You know, you can't really, like, even if you're at a, a pretty destination, um, like you're in Hawaii or something, you still would, you know, if you're on the beach, you still have to go back up to your hotel room. Mm-hmm. But this was kind of, like, you know, very middle of nowhere. You know, you could drive for hours in the middle of America and not really see a whole a lot of civilization. So you could just kind of pull over and, you know, you're in the, and do it. Like that Beatles song, let's do it in the road. <laughs> it was like, it's just like, you pull over and there's like a beautiful, like vista and the sun is setting and there's not a soul. But did and you, you stay could just do in, that for hours on end? Did it was you, great. Did you stay in the car or did you go on top of the car, beside the car? Did you have a blanket? Or all of them? Uh, both. Okay. Both. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, all of the above. Cool. Um, there was one time we got caught, and that was <laughs> really embarrassing. But um, it was embarrassing because we heard someone clapping, and I was uh. like, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, I, that, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, but besides that, but it's funny now. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I can see besides that. Besides that. Did, was, did you find, did you find the naughtiness a turn on? Like, did did, did it make you more roused? Because you're, you're in public. Wetter? Oh, from the clapping? No, from the sex no, in public. Knowing that sex. you're not really supposed to be doing it. The naughtiness of the whole situation. Oh, oh, I see. Um, it wasn't so much the the naughtiness of it that it was just more the freedom of it. I uh, think that okay. it was just like. This was like, you could just do it whenever, like all the time. Now, did like, you, you know, you'd be like, oh, like, you know, having conversation. It's like, oh, should we do it here? Okay, great. Oh, let's just do that. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Planning it. And then, and then you're getting your juices flowing while you're planning it. I was going to ask you what kind of foreplay you had, but even the planning in your brain is foreplay, right? So you're getting all aroused, whether you realize it or not, and the juices are flowing already. Just saying, okay, here or here or here. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Wow. So I guess that comes to the end of our show now. And it's time for some real final advice that we can leave our audience with. If you had to, um, you know, share some of your advice that you want to give some people for maybe um, when those very often first experiences are not great, because you know, we all don't know what we don't know. But what what type of advice can you give um, another Indian woman who's coming through a similar background, who has these primal sexual needs and desires, has a family who's sort of like saying, you, you know, the culture that. says you shouldn't be doing that, but she wants to do it. What's some advice? To, uh, should she talk to her parents? Should she just go out and do it and keep it a secret? She should 
should definitely not talk to her parents. <laughs> it will definitely be of no help whatsoever. Um, I think if anything, they should maybe get therapy to, um, or he could be a he too. Um, they should get therapy to resolve the issues that they have as far as sex and sexuality go. I think a, a good therapist can uncover a lot of those things and maybe make you feel more comfortable. And there are therapists that specialize in, in sex therapy. So that would be my advice. Um, because like for me, it was just kind of like, I was a bit more rebellious than some other kids that I was growing up with. So I just kind of had an attitude of like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. But for some other people that are more changed to their parents and to the culture, I'd say, yeah, go to therapy. And also there's plenty of South Asians now that are in the news, you know, Mindy Kaling, there's Aziz sorry, there's Kamenaj, like it's all out there and they're, they're more open about sex and sexuality. So it's okay. You know, you can start to step out, like, but you kind of have to, you have to be willing to release those chains from your parents. You have to do whatever you need to do to make that happen. And so many people don't realize that there is tons of help out there. There's tons of professionals that are sexologists, sex therapists, that you can research and find the right one who's fit with you. It's just about chatting with them. They get to know who you are and where your background comes from and why those blockages are there. And it's really quite easy to get, I'm not going to say so easy to get over it, but certainly easy to find the right help um, to make sure that you can enjoy uh, your sexuality, even as um, someone growing up in a very, very conservative family as yourself. You don't have to be as much of a rebel as you writing about sex and, you know, going against that. However, um, finding that right fit for yourself being authentic and experience great sex, uh, there are definitely people out there do who can help good. you with that. Do what's good for you. Exactly. Do what's good for you, do you, kind of thing. Absolutely. All right, Rachel, we are at the end of our show. I know we can keep talking and talking and talking, but thank you so much for being here and all that great, sexy advice. Why don't you take a second and tell everyone how they can find you, social media, website, books, so on and so forth. Sure. So uh, my social media is just my name, which is Rachel Kona uh, for Instagram and my website. Same thing. It's just my name. So it's R-A-C-H-E-L-K-H-O-N-A. And then um, my stationery company is Crimson and Clover Studio. So that's the website. And then the Instagram is Crimson and Clover underscore studio. Very cool. Thank you. And so we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests, and we hope you do too. So remember to visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to find credible information about sex and sexuality. And of course, remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. Use promo code 30314 for the first month free. So check it out. And like we said earlier, come join us at Hedon. 2, the clothing optional resort in Negril, Jamaica for the amazing Miss Nude Showgirls and Pole Dance Stars August 18th to 25th where you can root for your favorite showgirl, bring your own exotic costumes, join the party, get naked on the beach. Hedonism is an amazing place with an amazing staff and great food. So come join us August 18th to 25th. For more information about this trip or anything else, visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. 
Well, that's it for our show today. A special thank you to the accidental sex writer, Rachel Kona, and especially to you for listening. So join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on The Sexy Lifestyle Network. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.